All right, another live interview today. Podcast, live stream interview, and I got a funny man from the 808, Mr. James Mane coming on. So what we're going to do is we're going to get him on the other side of the break. So first, let's get this started. You're listening to The Daily Podcast with Eric B. Welcome, everyone. It's the Daily Podcast, and I guess you can call it a vlog. I'm Eric B. I want to thank everyone who's jumping on Instagram right now. I did tag James on Facebook, so let's hope we can get a bunch of James's people on here. And didn't really know how to do it on Instagram, so I'm hoping they can see that I have. I'm going on live right now, but let's. without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Mr. James Mane in from the waiting room. He's been waiting nice and long over there. There he is, hey, Mr. James. Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. How are you? Cool, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for jumping on. Let's go ahead and give James a round of applause. Hey. All right. Mr. James Mane from Hawaii. Comedian. Big guy. How tall are you? <laughs> I'm 6'7". I'm also 415 pounds. Wow. Wow. So you're going to get the first question I'm going to get. This question is for me. And I, I had a couple of my coworkers just run down some questions because they said they're going to watch. We're going to try to watch. But why comedy and not football? Oh, I got the career ending injury. I don't know if you can see, but I have a, a scar going across oh, here. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So I have a plate in my arm on my left ulna. Um, I broke my arm twice in a football game. Okay. So it, was, it was pretty much, um, there was some complications from surgery. Uh, my body was trying to push out the plate. Yeah. Because it's a foreign object. And then I had like about five surgeries in just a matter of like four months. And mm. I was kind of like, you know what? That's it. It's obviously not working out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Was, like, was this college or was this high school? Uh, this was in college. It okay. was um, I played for University of Buffalo. Uh, injury happened at, against Towson State in Maryland. I remember it because that was the moment the doctor said, you'll probably never play football again. Wow. And then broke my heart. I was like, Ugh. I went into depression for, I mean, seriously, I went into depression yeah. for a couple of years. I didn't even watch um, football for a while. It was, it was heartbreaking. Usually you always hear, we always hear career ending injuries and this is, you know, a good topic to talk about, but you usually hear career ending injuries is usually something either with the brain or something with the lower extremities. This is the first time I'm hearing something with the arm. So it must've been yeah, that extreme, yeah. right? You know, if you, you, I'm pretty sure you didn't play quarterback, so you didn't really need the arm to throw, but you needed it to tackle. And I'm just assuming you played either the O line or the D line, right? You assume correctly. Yes, I was a uh, left tackle. Okay. Um, so what happened with the doctor, and this was in 1993, okay. 94. 94. Okay. So the doctor was like, you're going to play with a club, you know, on your on your hand. And, and for a left tackle, the left hand yeah. is important because you don't want the, pers the, the edge rusher to get around you. Yeah. Um, and 
that plus going through all the surgeries is kind of like, is this even worth it? Oh yeah. 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 Totally. So, totally uh, agree. Well, you know, I'm glad you, you decided to do something <clears throat> different and here you are right now and I'm reading your bio and it, you know, it says larger than life, right? Stand up comedian. And, and let's go ahead and go back to how you got started. You know, you said you went in a state of depression because of football. It was comedy your way out. The laughter, you know, was that something that helped you come out of, um, come out of your depression? Well, I, actually, I went into um, becoming a DJ first. Okay. Um, um, when I came back from um, New York, I, I was, I, you know, you come back, you got to find a job. So yeah. Hawaii is bread and butter is tourism. So I got into driving for a tour company and talking and trying to entertain um, was, is part of it. So entertaining the tourists as they're they're riding on, in, in the bus and um, and then DJing performing in front of people and see uh, loving the energy that you get when you drop a song. Of course, it's not your own song, yeah, but yeah. you know a, a hit. And then the energy, you know, at that time this was in like 90, 98, 99, um, you know, you drop anything from Snoop Dogg and yeah. all of a sudden the party, or even this is, I think, in the 2000s when um, the Dirty South was blowing up and just feeling that energy that comes back. And I think this this all leads up, and I always talk about it. People ask me, and I would say it started from DJing. It led up to wanting that interaction with yeah. the crowd. So I became... Um, um, you're in the, the Bay Area, right? In San Francisco, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so DJ Cool E, who used to work for KML. Okay, yeah, remember? Long time ago. Yeah. And so he's here, and he's a, um, a good friend of mine's, and I became his hype man. So I was that guy with the mic while he DJed. Nice. And then I started to notice, like, this is a lot easier. Yeah. Because <laughs> DJs are head, head down. Into this the, the record that back then it was still vinyl. Yeah, and I was up there partying with the cordless mic in the crowd and, and, and dancing, and you know, I was in my twenties, so you know, meeting girls and and whatnot. And so I was like, this is where it's at. Then being able to be comfortable with talking on a mic in front of a large crowd, and then from there, you know, other things happened in my life, and and I switched over to giving stand-up comedy a try okay. and feeling that. So when I, when I create something, a thought, um, and then I say it on stage and get the immediate, um, you know, reaction. And that's similar to dropping that record and, yeah. and people hear it and like, yeah. So when I say a joke and it's weird because it's something that I thought of while doing something stupid, where whether it's, I'm eating a bowl of cereal and I thought of something crazy or uh, I'm, I'm walking the dogs and I thought of something crazy and then I come back and I write it down and then I write it into joke form for stage and then when I say it and knowing the setup and the punch, once I hit the punch and I get that boom, that laughter, yeah. it's, it's, I love it. That's it, right? Right. It's one, yeah, of, those, it's one of those good feelings when you know you can tell a story and these, you know, these people are living off your story and they're enjoying it. Um, mm -hmm. What's, what's the, how was the transition when you first started? Like, um, 
what made you get into like did someone say hey we're doing a uh amateur night you know where and go ahead and join like what made what was that made first step where you said okay i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna give it a shot it was actually um so my sister um who's a writer and actor um she was doing a um she was this is back still in the 90s uh, uh, actually no i'm sorry the early 2000s and she was trying to figure out um try to do a webisode and she got all these improvisers together and they would improv scenes i guess that she had like you know topics or subjects that she was thinking about writing and i was watching these people and, and kind of like um whose line is it anyways yeah yeah and just cracking up at all these talented improvisers and then one of them was telling me oh you should take take some classes and one of the classes was a uh, sketch comedy writing class and i i was born the same year as snl and had been a fan of snl forever and um i love uh, sketches so I started there, and then somebody in the sketch comedy writing class told me about a stand-up comedy class. Okay. And I was like, ah, let me go try it. And so in that class, it was the, the person would teach you how to, um, to write jokes, uh, come up with a set, a five-minute set, and then perform at, at their um, show, which was um, part of a, an improv group. Um, so they would they would be the they would do their show, and then after they would have like a semi open mic because it was by invitation, but it was myself and another comic our our very first time doing stand up, and we you know I did my five minutes there, and the adrenaline rush you get, like because it's it, I was scared I was like of course of course yeah. while I'm there I'm sitting there I'm like. I'm not doing it. Forget this. <laughs> uh, forget it. I'm, I'm out of here. And then um, I was like on my way down the stairs, and then I heard the guy introduce my name, and he introduced it wrong. He said James Maine, and I was like, "Man, I got to go over there and correct him." <laughs> I mean, so I know went back, and then and then I did five minutes. Um, it it did it did well. Yeah, or yeah. you know and i enjoyed it and like the adrenaline rush driving home lasted all the way till i went to work the next day and i was a city bus driver by this time okay and as i'm driving i'm out of service so nobody on the bus but then they hit me again and i was just screaming like yeah i did it <laughs> and and then been hooked ever since you know it's like i i can see why some comics use drugs you know they yeah. Not not saying it's a good thing, but like to keep that energy, yeah, to keep yeah. the party going, yeah. Uh, of course, I I, would, I don't use drugs, and I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't want people to use drugs, but it I get it, you know that feeling is yeah. it's just intense yeah. when you when you kill, and especially when so like now if I go up and I kill, I almost like oh okay cool all right good job man right on, but when I'm really nervous like. I, I have to do well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I get so nervous. Like if it's like for a big show or, uh, um, you know, an audition or something, and then it's, I get so nervous. Then when you kill that adrenaline rush from from 
killing at those shows, that's the adrenaline rush. Not not so much like if I go, I perform tomorrow night at a, at a venue, and uh, you know I've done it for about thirteen years. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'll be all right. Good, yeah, yeah. So it's thirteen years. You've been you've been doing stand up for thirteen years. Yeah. Nice, nice. And that was my next question, but you just answered it. So you don't get as nervous as you do when you first started now to you, it's just like a regular job. You're going there, you know what you got to do and you know where you got to make people laugh. Yeah. But there is challenges that you, so like, again, like when I say, if, if, if um, I'm trying to impress a booker yeah. at a club or um, trying to impress, you know, whatever, some kind of audition, then, then it, the pressure's on, they get nervous. Yeah. Um, uh, for me now, other than that, trying new material I'm like oh man i hope this works yeah. and then you get up because you still not technically not bomb but you still get times where you tell a joke and then it just dies it's like nothing yeah yeah, yeah you're looking like oh i gotta adjust but that's part of doing stand-up you have to get out there and and try the new jokes yeah, yeah try yeah. the new stories or else you'll never know you know you'll ne- you'll just do the same thing over and over and over yeah yeah Question I have for you also is you being Samoan, right? How do you do you implement your Samoan nationality into your comedy? And if you do, who gets it? Like, you know, if you if you're there in a comedy show and you have a bunch of tourists there, will they understand your, you know, Samoan heritage and you talking about your Samoan lifestyle? Or is it more the the Samoans, the Polynesians, the Hawaiians that are there that understands what you're telling them? So, yeah, if. I'm doing a show and there's not a Polynesians or people with ties to the Pacific. A lot of them will get those little inside jokes. And, and, and yeah. so I don't have to explain too much. They get the stereotypes. They, yeah. they understand. Um, but when I at a show and I see um, that it's not a lot of people that are, that have Hawaii ties, yeah. it's mostly tourists. It still works because a lot of my, um, stories. I evolved from doing, you know, uh, set up punch jokes to storytelling. So a lot of the stories has to deal with um, size, yeah, which people can see and they they get. Um, so like one of the jokes that always hits is usually when I get on a plane, everybody looks at, looks up and is like, and they think, please don't sit next to me. <laughs> so that's universal. And, and and then you talk about, or I talk about. Uh, family relationships with 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 um, you know my, my parents or uh, siblings or my daughter because I'm, I'm also a dad so relationships with people you know friends or, or whatever everybody has some relationship with someone somewhere yeah. so that's where you relate to them so a lot of it when I'm telling a story is mostly self uh, deprecating stuff where I'm silly or I'm doing something stupid or I have this silly thought, but then sometimes that silly thought, a lot of people have had that thought. They just never thought to you know, say it out loud. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So that's our, yeah. Being relatable is very important. Um, I always tell new comics uh, being likable uh, will go a long way because if, you know, if they like you, whether um, it's something they relate to or, Maybe you think you're good looking, or you have that charisma. That um, um, that goes a long way. Yeah. So there's a lot of comics that you watch now. Is sometimes I'm like, I don't see 
like when you watch on TV or you know whatever, however you stream the comedy, you don't get that connection unless you're live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because live, you can feel the energy, and then you go, "Oh, okay, I, I get it. I yeah. see why this person is doing well." But when you watch the, you know, on TV, you don't, you don't. There's a there's a missing element. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something different. This is definitely something different when you're watching like right there in front in front or either just there you're you're just there listening to the comics it's something mm-hmm. different like I, I totally understand like when you're watching it on tv you get distracted you know how many times are we watching tv and we're looking at our phones where you know yeah. we just came from a comic club here in san francisco and the first thing they told us was like t- you can't have your phones out so in uh, a way i understood why you know the reason why <coughs> is like you know you couldn't really record but at the same time they want you to engage in the comic, listen to the stories that they're saying. So that way you're focused and you're not busy trying to post this person on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that, which mm-hmm. I totally get, you know, it's like every now and then we have to disconnect with our devices just so we can, you yeah. know, be, be back in life. But it's hard to disconnect with our devices when we use our device to do things like what we're doing right now. Um, but so it's kind of like a hit or miss kind of thing. Yeah. Um, how often are you, you know, traveling outside of the islands to do your, to do a tour? Like, are you ever in the mainland doing your stuff? So I've never toured. I have come up. So, uh, when I was, my daughter was, uh, younger, she would travel for, uh, sports. Um, she played soccer and volleyball. So when I would try, I would travel with the team and then I would go do some comedy. Um, okay. I performed in Vegas, Idaho, uh, LA, um, usually places that they they played at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, re- recently, I was um, a comic who was really big here, uh, and it started to do. He went and did his tour earlier in the year, um, national tour. He did all the uh, the cities or, or states that has strong um, Hawaii ties, uh, whether they're Polynesian or they have. You know, they used to live in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, so he did a tour, and he brought me up um on to arizona to perform nice um for myself it's because at the end of the day it's a business yeah like, no matter how funny i am i have to be able to sell tickets yeah so building up the social media following um I mean, instagram tiktok and, and facebook and, and twitter so that when i come up to your city or your your town or, or your state and I put out, hey, I'm performing here, and then tickets, you know, sell, do well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the route. That's the next level for me. I've always been, because I was a, a girl dad, a single single dad, um, and she, she's just now in college. So now I have more of an opportunity to travel and perform. Nice. Whereas when it was just me and her, of course, I had my family help me out, help me raise her. Um, uh, it's, it's difficult to leave when, you know, she has so many things going on, whether it's school yeah, or, or, or uh, athletics. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't her holding me back or, or the time on it. It's just myself. I would rather be here with her to share these, these moments yeah. when she goes to college, which she is now. So she's up in uh, Wyoming now. So now I have the freedom to travel. But 
I got to work on my popularity. Yeah. Well, so you know, I, I appreciate being on podcasts like this. And it, it's, for having me. this is the reason why I wanted you out when I saw you and, you know, um, brother Rex is the one that introduced me to you. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I said, Hey, you know, can I get a couple people? And he said, call, you know, call this guy. And I saw you, um, I'm good friends with Lanai Tabora also out there. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I saw you on his, um, his Hawaiian thing podcast. So I said, okay, let's, you know, mm-hmm. let's get James Money on here. Um, and it's just these things that, you know, my podcast is not a big podcast, but it's big enough to where I can share your story. And, you know, you can, today you probably had, you know, a thousand followers, but now with you on my podcast and people following me on Facebook, you probably got, you know, a thousand five hundred, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And we have to, we have to, you know, like you're helping me out by being on my show and I'm helping you out by getting your name out out yep. there as well for the people who's never met you or have never heard your stuff. You know, I, I tell my listeners right now, go watch his stuff. His stuff is funny. Um, it's very Thanks. relatable. Um, you know, I, I kind of wish when I'm out there or whenever you're out here on the mainland, I'll definitely come watch you. And just, you know, just the size alone, it's like there's this one where you just got on stage and, you know, the, the host was just like, whoa, you know, you're you're a big guy and six, seven, man, that's 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 big. And I'm glad you didn't give up. I'm glad you said, you know what, let's go ahead and do something different. Because, you know, sometimes when people get in that, you know, the big depression stage, it's kind of hard to get out of that. And you got to find something to get you out of it. You got your daughter to most likely help you get out of that as well, which is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. How difficult is it for you when you're coming on like show, you know, you mentioned Wyoming, you mentioned Idaho. How difficult is it for you to be yourself there and just to say, okay, these are just people who I just need to make laugh, but you know, they're not, I don't know if there's a lot of Polynesians in Idaho. So, you know, how it's funny because the, the, the place I performed at was a Hawaiian restaurant. So <laughs> nice. And I, in Boise, uh, just outside of Boise, but it's in Idaho. Um, Idaho surprisingly has a very, uh, has a lot of um, Polynesians and Hawaii ties because cost of living there is so cheap. Yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of people in California are moving to, to Idaho. And, and the funny thing is Idahoans are, um, are upset about this. Like, as I'm there, they're actually telling. They, they have signs. This is Californians keep drive. Californians keep driving through, <laughs> <laughs> because so many are moving now that we're working um, remotely. A lot of people, yeah. even more so, can can leave their home city or state and go someplace that cost of living is cheaper. And uh, I mean, shoot, I'm afraid of going to San Francisco with all the. The, the social media videos I see with crime and yeah, stuff, Jesus. but I, there are a, a, a lot of people in, in San Francisco, and I'm a, I'm a Niners fan, so I would love to go to San Francisco and perform. Let me know when you're out here. And we'll definitely go watch a game. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so people are telling me, it's like, hey, you should come to um, perform. We have a lot of uh, Islanders here. Yeah. So, you know, and it's the same thing as so like um, – I'm assuming you're a Filipino. Is that yeah? I, I am wanna... Filipino. Yeah, yeah. You assumed correct. So I, because I, I was raised with uh, in the neighborhood I was raised in. There was I was there was only another someone family. It's it um mostly apartment buildings. Yeah. Um, but most of my friends were Filipino, Vietnamese, Korean, um, Chinese. It was I re- grew up with Asians, so I have friends now that I'm adult. Say, wow, you know more about my 
my Japanese culture than I do. Yeah. Um, and that's so when I, when I'm around um, Asian people, I don't feel uncomfortable because, you know, so that's why my jokes can be relatable to so many different types of people. Uh, and us Polynesians, we understand like a Joe Koi yeah. or a Rex Navarrete. We get it because we're very similar. You know, Hawaii's that melting yeah. pot. I yeah, get the stereotypes and, and, so like I, I I get a lot of TikTokers that are um, that I follow are Filipino and yeah yeah because I get all the jokes about the food about how you guys when you guys have a get together it's you don't cook one like no. maybe like when some families uh, American families like okay we have steak and potato yeah oh Filipinos will cook everything they know how to cook we, yeah yeah it's a, it's, it's and it's everybody's a, yeah. taking food home yeah. <laughs> The rule is you take food home once everyone gets a plate first, guys. Filipinos, yes, don't yes. don't get don't take it home when the rest of the party is not here yet. It's funny you mention right. that because I lived in Hawaii for a couple of years, right? Um, mm. I lived when I first moved out there. I lived over in the Mo'ili'ili area and then ended up over at Eva. And then when I was at Eva, I met these Filipinos and. They were the coolest Filipinos in the world that I met because it's like, you know, I'm walking by and then I see an uncle who's like, hey, you just moved down the street, right? I'm like, I go, yeah. Oh, come over. We're going to go have lunch. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay. So, you know, then I asked, you know, why? He goes, you're Filipino. We're family. And I'm like, you know, to me, I'm from San Francisco. You, you know, you mentioned about the crime here. So I'm like, at the same time, I'm like getting plate, but I'm looking over my shoulder to see who's getting ready to like stab me or something. Right. Cause we're, you know, we're, we're just, we're careful like that out here. But after that first day of hanging out with them and just seeing, you know, not only do I see Filipinos, you know, I see a couple of, you know, guys from the Naval station coming over and just, you know, cause that's where the house was. That's the house that you go to for lunch. And, you know, and this was just, this was Monday through Friday. That's just how it was. And I was like, mm -hmm. wow, you know, I feel this different type of love here on the islands. This is what made me fall in love living out there just because you had not just the Filipinos, but you had, you know, the different nationalities out there who just knew how to embrace new people out there. And I enjoyed it. So it was definitely a yeah, cool thing. Because the spirit is actually from um, the plantation workers, um, which is, you know, that Im immigrated to Hawaii during, you know, the sugarcane and pineapple boom, I yeah. guess that was here uh, uh, in Hawaii, where the Filipino, Japanese, Puerto Rican, um, Chinese, um, and all these cultures that came together and uh, Portuguese and helped that business. Samoans didn't come over till later. So that's why we were always still like when you when they say local, they're talking about you ask a local person here in Hawaii, hey, what's what's your ethnicities? And they'll list those down. Oh, I'm Filipino, Japanese, Chinese, because all the years that they've been together, and and even the pigeon slang that yeah, we yeah. have here is the broken English from all those cultures yeah. trying to communicate in English, but you're not getting the words right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when Samoans came over, like now we're kind of mixing in because. Uh, in, in the 70s, and, and we were still ourselves. There was locals, and then there was there was the Samoans. Now that we're mixed in, we're locals as well. So the latest um, group to immigrate to Hawaii is Micronesians. Yeah. So they're, you know, the outside of the local, uh, you know, group, but are starting to mix in as well. So 
after all that mixing, it's it's like that. Where hey, come, come over. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah. We all we all we're all locals. We're all related. We all don't worry. And come, you know, or even if your your kids, you know, you see your kids, and that's the one thing about Hawaii is that um, when we see other kids, we try to you know take care of it. Oh, yeah. yeah if, if you work late, don't worry. Tell your kid come over, babysit. We'll watch him till you come home. Or, or you know, we're always family first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I love. And, and you know, it's funny you mentioned mm-hmm. the pigeon is in that same household. You know, the person, Mister Mandapat, I just remember the last name, Mister Mandapat, had the strongest Filipino accent, right? You're like, you know, yeah, come eat, come eat. You know, we're gonna have, we have lots of food for everybody. But at the same time, he's trying to speak pigeon to me, so I was kind of confused. He's like, you know, we're gonna have, you know, brother, bro, we're gonna have this later on, bro. Sorry, my my earbuds died. It's okay. Let me plug in my headphones. I'm sorry. Um. Yeah, that's the cool thing about Hawaii and, and the, just the, everyone that lives in Hawaii is just everyone's friendly. Everyone's all about, you know, family out there, which is cool. Um, the daily podcast. Again, Eric I want to thank everyone B. who's watching right now, everyone who's on Facebook, people who's watching on um, Instagram. First time I'm doing an Instagram live. And I know I have some people on Twitter as well. They got that. Someone joined us on YouTube. Drop a comment. Let me know that you guys are watching. Let me know that you guys are here. Say hi to James. I'm asking questions. We do have a couple questions that I'm going to throw to James right now when we're ready back on. But um, if you guys want to follow James, you can follow. This is his, um, you can, he has a podcast, James Mane podcast. You can follow that podcast as well. He's also on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow him on Instagram, the comedian James Mane on there. And Facebook is just James Mane. He also has a website that you can follow, the comedianjamesmoney.com. Go ahead and follow him there. A lot of cool stuff. Um, got a couple questions for you. This is my coworker right here. She she said she's definitely going to watch you on YouTube. So that's a cool thing. Patrice, thanks <coughs> for, for sharing. But then this is her question to you is, do you have an advice to combat stage fright? So the advice that I got um, from that class that I was in um, and some books that I've read is very similar. So it comes down to um, experiencing the anxieties. Don't yeah. try to go up and be funny. Just um, actually a, a comic that, I, I, that was from here, uh, Kenny, um, the blind man was, is, his, is his name. And I told him, hey, I'm going to try open mic uh, one day. You have any advice? And he said, don't try to be funny. Just go up and, and understand that what you're going through and experience all these anxieties. Yeah. And understand that it'll get easier. And then just just go up and just go up and even if you say jokes that don't work, don't worry about it. Just experience that nervousness. The more you do it, the easier it'll get. Um, from this book that I read, it was like, uh, oh, actually, no, it was the teacher. So... I don't know if you watch the cartoon um, um, Transformers. Yes. You know that the cube that they bring out of their chest? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I actually used to do this. I would, all my anxieties and fears and doubt, um, I, and then I, I take it out of my chest, and then I put it under a chair or on the floor in, in the green room or the back room or wherever you're, you're staged before you go up on stage. And then you leave it there and they say, okay, I'll come back and get you later. 
Okay. Right now, I, I'm, I'm right now. I don't need you. And then I'll go up. It's, it's kind of hokey, but that's how I started out doing it at first. I would just say, all right, all my nervousness, I'm going to leave you here, and then I'm going to go up on stage. And uh, I still get nervous, so that never goes away. Yeah. Sorry, but but um, that's how I deal with stage fright. It's funny because you know, I do this. I, I do this. I've been doing this for a while, just you know, getting people on the show. And people don't realize how hard it is to just get on here, go do something live and try to be as normal as possible. But, you know, like Mm -hmm. whenever I get people like you on, yeah, you're James Money. I'm going to be nervous talking to you because one, and this is the reason why I told you, let's, hey, let's talk right before. So that way I can kind of get a feeling of who you are, what you're, what, what you, what you're like. And you know, sometimes as a stand-up comic, you don't get that chance, right? You're you're gonna go in there, and you're either gonna do it or you're gonna bomb. And and I know a lot of comics don't like hearing the word bomb, but you know, there's times where you just you just bomb. There's times, you know, we're all human. There's times where you go there, you you want to kill it, but you know, just that crowd is just not laughing or just not getting your yeah. stories, right? So yeah, yeah, because comedy is subjective. So if I go up and there's a, a uh, a room that wants political comedy. Yeah. I don't do political comedy. Uh, it's so as a comic, it's my job to try to try to get this crowd to laugh. Yeah. But understand that it won't happen all the time. I still like. I did a high school graduation, um, and that that was that was a struggle. It was a struggle, but you just have to work through it. Yeah, I mean, you're your high school kids. It's like, are you when you tell your jokes? Do you try to tell your jokes to where everybody can understand? Like, if you did a high school graduation, but you're telling adult jokes, was that the difficulties for that? Well, first, um, like you edit yourself, so obviously you're not going to do any. Um, I'm not going to swear. Um, second is nobody relates to being a parent in there other than the parents that were in there. Yeah. So. A lot of the jokes change, you know, the set is different. So obviously what's in front of them is a large person. So I just, I talk about being a large person and it kind of like, I'm telling them a story about my, my average day or the things that I go through being a large person. Uh, The thing that helps is it was here in Hawaii. So the, the ethnic, the ethnic jokes, you know, get across. So talk about being Samoan and, and, and playing football, which the school that um, that I, I performed with, they're, they're known for their football team. Okay. And, and they're athletic. So uh, it you find a way to say, okay, what what do I know about these people? What do I know about this school? What do I know about, you know, and, and you adjust your set to them. So I didn't tell them about, um, um, see some of the, the edgy edgier or adult jokes that I have. I didn't tell him about my cousin who was locked up in prison and everybody just asked him if he dropped the soap. You know? <laughs> so we didn't do that. You know, yeah. we moved on. We'll do other things. And so it, that's pretty much it. It's like preparing for, um, for work or class yeah. or a game. You got to do your homework. And, and do you still drive the bus? No, I actually stopped uh, um, in 2015. Okay. And uh, back to school and um, got a, an associate's degree in cybersecurity. 
Nice. Cybersecurity. I'm not, not using it at all. So. Yeah. Oh, who who is? I mean, like if you're not a doctor, like you know, you have something. You know, what do you what are you using it for? Um, who is? You know, someone. I, I I'm in the same boat as you. You know, it's like okay, what what am I going to use this for? Exactly. Right. Um, but no, that's cool. I you know I love you know your storyline. I love you know where you're coming from. You're a single dad. You're raising your daughter. At the same time, you're doing what you can to make people laugh. I mean, this to me sounds like. You know, this could be a movie that, you know, someone should be writing about you right now. Like, you know, here you are, big guy. Your whole focus is I'm going to play football. And when that didn't work out, it's kind of like, all right, what am I going to do now? You know, was your daughter born while you were playing football? No, no, she's never seen me play football or any sports. So that's kind of, you know, the the bummer um, for me, you know, wish, you know, she saw daddy, you know. Because even when I played, there was no YouTube, so there's yeah, no video, there's yeah. no proof. As far as she knows, I could be lying about playing yeah. football. <laughs> like dad, uh, that's that's the Rock. What, what you, that's yeah. not that's the Rock. That's not you. That's the Rock. No, but no, that's but that's a cool thing. You know, it's a cool yeah. thing. <laughs> it's like yeah, you got the eye. We're, we're, we're related. We're related. Yeah, okay? yeah. we're all the same. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, so it's 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 it's. I wish there was, you know, a way that she could see. Uh, there's like some footage that I found, and there's old pictures, but this it's not no. a lot for her to go. Wow, yeah. you know, because every parent wants that. My dad is great, or every every dad I say, yeah, my yeah, dad yeah. is awesome. My dad can beat up your dad. You know, <laughs> I didn't get that moment because, and the funny thing is, I since she was um, five, I've, I've got into stand up comedy, so. A lot of her friend's parents, you know, at the, the, the park when we were playing soccer, they're like, it must be interesting having a parent that that does comedy. And she always is the same. She's like, no, I don't know when he's joking. So <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> I think he's always joking. So even when I scolded her when she was younger, I would have to exaggerate how angry I am <laughs> so that she would get it that, no, I am really angry. Yeah, you know? yeah. Some of the things I would say, she would she'd look at me like waiting for the punchline, and I would have to go, no, I'm very angry. <laughs> I guess that's one of the difficulties of being a comedian and a single father at the same time. It's like you don't have that ex- other person to say, hey, when you scold her, you have to do everything, and she's waiting for the punchline. like, all right, Dad, I'm ready. Where's the, where's the bump bump? You know, where, where, where is that? No, but that's good but though. The, you know, again, the cool thing is she's she's very funny. So I talk with other comics. It's like either I'm raising because she she's on a um, a volleyball scholarship, and um, so I'm like either I'm raising a, a really good athlete or a really good comedian. Something's coming out of that person because she is very funny. Yeah. Patrice, again, with a comment, um, just saying thank you for the advice. It makes sense to put it away and pick up later. No, I mean. It does. I mean, you know, it's like there's everything we do that, you know, again, I don't do this. They're going to go to work tomorrow and I'm going to tell them how nervous I was when I first got on. They're like, no, you didn't look nervous. I mean, you know, because my box is right below me. You know, it's right here. And and at the end of the show, when I end the live, the first thing I do is like, oh, God, you know, 
But I'm trying to entertain. We're, we try to entertain. We don't want to mm-hmm. be here and like the first thing is like, oh, oh James, um, so when you were first doing, co- you know, because one, I don't want you to think that I'm nervous. I don't want you thinking mm-hmm. that. I don't want everyone else who's watching me thinking I'm nervous. And it goes with comedy as well. You don't want to go up there and like, oh, man, wait. Oh, God, I forgot I had the joke and I don't, you know, you don't want to do that. You want to go there, yeah. be as professional as possible. How many times have you ever been on stage and you just forgot what your story or whatever joke you're trying to say that you just had to, you know, ad lib or you just had to just go with something and hope that worked? It happens a lot. And this is why when when comics do specials, they don't film one show. They yeah. film like two or three because, you know, it might be funnier with this audience or they might have forgotten a word or two. And being a writer, that word could be huge. Like the the last time I, I actually, not the last time, but I headlined um, in February. And I there's a, a chunk where if you know my material, you're like, oh, he's saying that different. It's different because I forgot something. Yeah. And it it just happens. It's like when, when you're you're at work and then you you know you have a brain fart and you're just like, Oh what? What? And you're like it, so it's kinda like an um not necessarily an outer body experience, more like an inner body yeah. experience. Like so I'm inside of myself going while I'm performing for the people, what they see is this person who's telling these jokes and inside I'm like, Oh no, I forgot that punchline. But that's a very important punchline because I call it back later on in the show. I need to work that punchline in somewhere else, and and that all that is going on. Yeah, yeah. In your head, and um, so there's times where I, I'm like uh, inside, but you won't see it. You know, it's like whether the the, the 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 bird. I mean, the the duck yeah. swimming under the water. <laughs> so you don't see the panic that yeah. I'm going through. But it's there, and it it's happens there. a lot. And then you just, okay, let me do another material. And there's times where I'm at a clean show, and I start doing this joke. And then, and then I was like, oh, shucks, what comes next? And then I'll just end <laughs> it, and I'll do something else, and I'll jump onto the next one, not remembering that the punchline is kind of dirty. <laughs> so I'm going, and I'm going, like, oh, no. So it's kind of like you're driving, and you forgot that this is a dead end. And you're going down anyways, like, oh, no, I need to adjust. I need to, I need to. So there's a lot of times. Um, and it's something I learned from um, my mentor, Andy Bumatai, who's a yeah, Andy Bumatai. amazing comedian. I call him the professor because he can break a lot of things down uh, as far as your, your set, the way you dress, the way you hold the mic, the way where you look. Like, he's a true mm-hmm. professional. Um, so he's... Um, yeah, it happened again. I'm just like, wait, what was I talking about? <laughs> Andy Bumatai. Yeah, so he's helped me a lot with um, uh, the material and how to remember and not fall off. Yeah. Um, some guys who do size, they'll start from here, 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 here. You know, they'll work their way down. Um, uh, the way I tell a joke is I figure out which one leads to the next. Okay. Um, um, shoot. I'm trying to remember what Andy. Um, oh, so he's what um, the advice he gave me was it's okay because it's not so much what we say, 
it's what we think. So yeah. like when you get like a, a, a radio personality or a DJ or whatever that get that tries stand up comedy, they're trained to not stop talking. They yeah. cannot be dead air. So he tells me, watch watch, watch specials, uh, watch comedy specials. There's a lot of times the comic stops talking. Yeah. And then the reason they stop talking because everything is up here. Yeah, yeah. This is where it all is. So you stop talking and you sort it out. So he says, it's okay when you forget to just stop, take a breath. Some guys, you see them drink water, they take their drink, and then sort it out and then continue. So... And it got to a point where I would challenge myself to see how long I can go without talking. I would get up on stage and I would say a joke and then just pause and not say anything for a while. I just, I mean, it's funny because you can feel the tension build <laughs> in the room. Yeah, yeah. And the next joke hits and it's even harder. And it's like, it, it's, a, it's a trip doing this. Yeah. No, I mean, it's good. I mean, that's why you guys are professionals. You co comedians are professionals. You guys, you know, you put me up there. I literally will probably last two minutes just because there's so many. Yeah, I mean, you know, being Filipino, I would probably do the Joe Coy route, Rex Navarretti route, where I just do a Filipino accent and hope everybody laughs because that's mm. all I know how to do. You know, I'm not a professional when it comes to this. Um, you being the comic that you are, you write your own jokes. How difficult is it for you to write something, to say something that no one's already said? You know, because, you know, you hear about comics stealing other comics as material. Mm -hmm. How difficult is that for you to like, okay, I'm going to say this. It's going to be funny. But did I hear this or did someone else already say this before me? So that's where, like, you have to do everything from your own perspective, my own point of view. Um, and then if there's sides... Do I jump on the side of the person who's punching down or jump on the side of the person who's being punched? Yeah. It's, so there's a lot of ways to look at it. Um, for me, my, my city bus driver set or chunk, uh, is I have a unique perspective in that I'm the driver. Yeah. A lot of people can do jokes about riding the bus but not being the bus driver. So... Um, that's where, um, you know, that those jokes will be unique for me and I will express how drivers feel like, how you know, one of the secrets I, I let out is yes, when it's raining, we do look for puddles and we try to splash everybody, you know, and it, yes, we do run red lights yeah. you know, and, and when you're running for the bus, yeah, we do wait till you get to the door and then we take off, you know, so it's very unique to the driver because everybody has a perspective of the person running to the bus. Yeah. So um, when there's something like being a large person getting on a plane, um, people all get that, you know, oh, please don't sit next to me. It, everybody gets that because everybody feels that way. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then I, I add to it my, my perspective, which is I got to ask, the, uh, I hate the flight attendant because I got to ask for her a seatbelt extension. Okay. You know, a lot of people don't know what that is, yeah. but I need more seatbelt. So they give me, you know, when they do their presentation, the exit doors, yeah. and then if, um, uh, buckle your seatbelt like this, that thing, they give it to me <laughs> so that I can add to the my seatbelt. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of people don't get that. And then I talk about uh, the interaction between me and this lady who's giving me a hard time, the, the flight attendant about, um, 
the seatbelt extension. Like she's making fun of me, and I'm like, "Why are you yelling? Why are you yelling it out? Everybody knows yeah, I yeah. need it. Just give me. Just you're embarrassing me." So it's almost like a because I grew up watching sitcoms, so it's almost like a scene. Um, you know, like I say with the Seinfeld, you know, yeah. going over the SIPA and, and, and I hate this person because they just don't give it to me. They know, but she's making me, you know, make a fool of myself. And then like one of the punchlines I have is, uh, I don't ask for a seatbelt extension anymore. I ask for the championship belt, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm the champ. And then the same lady comes up to me and says, oh, you mean the heavyweight championship belt? Like I hate you. Why you gotta do that? Or I'm sure yeah, you can buy one, right? I'm sure you can buy your own seatbelt extension, so you don't have to keep asking them for it. I mean, it's all the seatbelts is pretty much universal on every airline, right? Mm. Well, I mean, try to travel light. I don't want to carry a seatbelt extension with me. That's pretty light. I mean, you can just put it around as a belt. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just walk in. Right. Go through TSA. Ah, this is just a seatbelt extension because they won't give it to yeah, me on the plane. Yeah. This is this can't be used as a weapon. Yeah, by yeah. the way, this is as I twirl it around. It's funny you say that. I have one, but I don't take it with me when I travel. Um, See, I reminded you. you. You probably forgot you had it. You're like, you know what? I do have one. <laughs> well, I don't want to carry it with me. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. yeah. <laughs> no, but that, but you know, it's funny because like you know, I just came from a trip and. You know, this is Delta Airline, and there was just like two seats in every aisle. And you know, I was I was like you I was like, oh God, please don't sit next to me. But it was small. You know, these were small people, so the ones who ends up sitting next to me were like, you know, smaller than me. But it's like I I can't imagine if I'm sitting there, then here I see you coming towards me, and you're like, excuse me, I have the window seat. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> please don't use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> please don't get up to use the bathroom. No. I don't. Uh, I, I park it and I'm there for the for the duration. But I prefer the aisle because yeah. a lot of people don't know the aisle armrest comes up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so then it gives me that extra space into the aisle. And the flight attendants are usually nice about, you know, about me being halfway out into the aisle. Yeah. Just as long as you don't mess up the food cart or the drink carts because, you know, we, we uh, get thirsty, right? We get hungry. It hurts when it hits your elbow. I tell you that much. <laughs> James, man, thank you again for jumping on. Thank you for being on here with us. Um, plug your show. I know you have a show coming up in Hawaii. And unfortunately, I'm not sure if there's anybody here watching from Hawaii. And I'm pretty sure we all want to be in Hawaii by the end of the week. But I know you got a show coming up. Go ahead and plug your stuff. Yeah, so um, I'm performing this weekend at Stand Up Honolulu, uh, which is Hawaii's only comedy club. And they opened about three months ago. Okay. Uh, so I'm performing, um, it's a showcase, so I'm not the headliner, it's me and two other comics who are really funny, uh, people, um, I'm performing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, uh, next week I am performing at the Blue Note Hawaii, uh, in another showcase, um, uh, that's with Comedy U, so I do perform regularly, it's just all over the place, um, in... I'm trying to put together a headlining uh, performance um, in October, but I'm waiting to find out if the date is available. So okay. I don't have that out yet. And then I will make it out to San Francisco. Um, there's a lot of places in the mainland that I want to go, perf go and perform, but it might be in 2023. Um, we will I'm, be. Opening, I'm opening for Tumua Tuine November 12th and November 13th. Uh, he still has tickets. He 
out for November 13th. So if you haven't already, get your tickets for November 13th at the Blaisdell Arena. Big arena. Big arena. Again, yeah. if you guys are watching, you can follow James right here. This is his uh, website. Uh, comedian James Money. I had to ask him, how do you say your last name? Because I didn't want to be that guy. I'm like, I looked at it. Is it Maine? Is it Money? Is, you know, it's like, it's Money. So I figured it out. And it, the problem is not the last name. The problem is the first name. Because yeah. if my first name was like... Um, um, Manu. Falif- yeah, then you would say Mane. But yeah, then yeah. because it says James, you're like, oh, it's got to be Maine. Yeah, it has to be Maine, right? James, James yeah. Maine. And then James, you also have a podcast, James Mane Podcast. Um, yep. You can go ahead and, you know, sh- plug that as well. Um, yeah. And then if you want to follow him, again, his Instagram page is comedian uh, James Mane. And then his Facebook page is James Mane as well. I appreciate you coming on. I love hearing stories. And again, someone should be reaching out to you and say, Hey James, let's make your story into a movie. I mean, cause this to me, if this was a movie, even if it was like a, you know, a Netflix special, right? Just like, mm. you know, you came from the islands, you played football, you moved to the mainland, you had this ambition. Everybody has an ambition and want to play in the NFL. That's their dream. And for you to get cut short because of an arm injury, you know, and then here you are, stand-up comic, making your way to the top. You, you'll be, you'll definitely be at the top one day. And I, I can go back to this and say, like, this is where I interviewed James. And now here, here he is doing, you know, you know, yeah, he's the Rock's little big cousin <laughs> out there. Well, the, the, the interaction with my daughter as a, as a little one, that a lot of people, when I tell them stories about it, they're like, wow, it's so interesting because, you know, she wants to be a princess, but I'm a jock. I don't know. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, trying to raise a little girl who has a lot of, who's a lot like her mother that we didn't get along and that's why we broke up. It's basically I'm like I'm being punished, <laughs> raising my ex girlfriend <laughs> as a little girl because yeah. like a lot of little things that she would say, you know, like you know, put the toilet seat down, you drive too fast, or <laughs> can you wipe wipe the sink after you brush your teeth? You know, all those things. I'm like. Man, this is just like her mom. <laughs> I, do I hate her or what? <laughs> Patrice, again, thank you for the comment. Best of luck with your career, James. Again, this this has been cool. Again, follow him on his social media. He has a lot of funny stuff. You did the one today that I saw on Instagram where they said, oh, the movers are here, and you just took the stool down. I was like, and that you were towering over that guy. That's how I can tell how tall you are. I'm like, God, either that guy's really short or you're really wow. tall, and you just told wow. me you're 6'7". So, and, you know, you mentioned, I'm going to go back to what you said about San Francisco and the whole crime thing going on here. Yes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of crime that's on social media going on here in San Francisco. It's a lot of break-ins, a lot of strong-arm robberies that goes on. But, James, if you ever come here, you don't ever have to worry about that because they're just going to look at you and look right past you because you know here in san francisco we don't mess with the polynesians you know we don't you could be tongan you could be fijian you could be samoan you could be you know you know everything we don't mess with you you know even you you know we we just don't (laughs) we don't we respect you guys we respect our our family is our gang that's why it is it's funny because i used to hang out with a group here in san francisco and i didn't know they were they were like the polynesian gangsters out here i only hung out with them because they were cool guys you know they were like cool people to hang out with you know you talk story with them they tell you stories about their ancestors and then somebody said to me like hey you're hanging out with this group don't you know who they are 
I'm like, no, I just know at six o'clock we're going to go over their house and we're going to have a big meal. That's all I know. <laughs> I didn't know who these guys were. You know, so it's one I'm, of those. I'm things. the same as you. I'm the same as you. I just came to eat. I, I don't do. care what they Today. do after hours. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll hang out with you for the first couple hours. But at six o'clock, we're heading back to your house. <laughs> Let's give James another round of applause for being on the show. James, thank you again for jumping on. Um, we will definitely keep in touch and, you know, keep talking back. And I'm going to come out there in Hawaii. Um, got a lot of friends out there. Um, definitely got a lot of friends out there that I need to visit soon. But thank you for jumping on the show. And, you know, best of luck to you. And like I tell everybody else, you're always welcome to jump back on the show anytime you want. You want to plug anything. You want to say, hey, I have a movie. It's going to come out. I want you guys to watch it. Anytime you want to jump on, jump on any ideas, feel free to just reach out to me. And you're always welcome. You're definitely part of the Daily Podcast now. Thank you for having me. All right, James. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, that was James Mane here with us. Thank you, James. Thank you again. You guys can follow him on his social media account. Definitely follow him. Definitely watch his YouTubes that he has. Definitely a funny guy. Definitely worth your minute, two minutes watching him. And and his jokes, we all can relate to his jokes. And But thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for jumping on. I'm going to go ahead and do what I normally do when I leave my podcast, when I do all this stuff. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. The podcast has ended, guys. Go in peace. Again, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for jumping on. Um, you guys want to grab some of these shirts for you guys who are still watching. Um, everybody but... Patrice, Patrice has already bought everything on here. Um, you can follow me again, the Daily Vlogs podcast right here. Um, where is my, you can follow and buy my items right here, the Daily Vlogs um, podcast.myspreadshop.com. And again, follow me if you haven't, shame on you if you haven't. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Those are my handles right there as well. And again, thank you for James Mana coming on. My name coming on. Yeah, I see the name right. But until next time, guys, thanks for watching. Podcast vlog is ended, guys. Go in peace.